0: As time goes on, some of our memories start to fade. But for whatever reason, there are certain memories that stick with us. Sometimes even those we try so hard to forget. Jake Grubert, his wife Amy, and their daughter Daisy have a lot of those. They stem from a date when life as they knew it changed. January 25th, 2013, a Friday.
1: That morning, Amy and I, uh, Amy was pregnant with our son at that point in time. And we were actually sitting in the um, doctor's office waiting for an ultrasound. We were roughly about a week and a half, almost two weeks away from birth. Um, And so we were in a high-risk pregnancy, so we were on weekly ultrasounds.
0: This wasn't their first child. Their oldest, that's Daisy, was 12 at the time, so they knew having a baby would change their lives in a big way. They just didn't expect their lives to change so dramatically before the baby even got there.
1: We were sitting there waiting on the doctor to come in to do the ultrasound.
0: I'm Fox 8's Katie Nordine, and this is Who Killed Grandma Nancy?
1: One of the employees from the business that had you know, looked for her that morning um, and couldn't find her. So naturally we just knew something was wrong at that point. So we got up and we took off from the, uh, the doctor's office and ran to the house and then ran to the business.
0: The her he's referring to is his mom, Nancy Harvey. As you already know from our previous episodes, Harvey owned Atlanta Car Company on old US Highway 52, just outside of Lexington, North Carolina. When one of her employees arrived to work that morning, he reported making a horrifying discovery. Someone was lying dead on the floor in one of the back rooms at the business. That person had been badly beaten and doused with bleach, but it wasn't clear right away who it was because the victim had a plastic bag over their head. Jay suspected something was terribly wrong as soon as he heard his mom was missing. And by the time he and Amy pulled off the exit to the business, he learned his suspicion was
1: right. One of those things of every time you get off the exit at lexington we see i can see a car sitting right there at tom's four wheelers with caution tape and police officers around it because they were coming and it's just a day that's a day we'll never forget but yeah we were in what was supposed to be a pretty joyous time of finding out how long we were and when we were going to be able to schedule for our boy to be born and welcome to the family and ended up with the tragic news
0: the tragic news that Harvey, just 52 years old, had been brutally murdered. Across town, sixth-grader Daisy was still blissfully unaware, but that, too, would soon change.
2: I was at school and they had the doctor's appointment and I knew when all of her appointments were, and so it was really snowy that day, and I remember we were getting out at like 10 o'clock, and so I looked at one of my friends and I said, my grandma's coming to get me, I get to hang out with her today. And next thing I knew I was getting called down to the office for early dismissal.
0: That morning the plan had been that grandma Nancy would pick up Daisy from school and hang out with her until Jay and Amy were done with their doctor's appointment. Instead, it was Amy, nine months pregnant at the time, who met Daisy in the front office at school. Telling my daughter.
3: Was the hardest words I ever had to say. Um, And watching her break because you see that break when you tell somebody that so telling her what happened in in the office of her school because immediately when she saw me she knew something was wrong she just happened to kind of think it was me because of the pregnancy Um, and then i told her and and watched her break and then there was no way as a mom to even put one single piece back together. And as a wife and a mother, when you can't do anything except beg the child to please stay inside of you, so that's not one more thing. Um, it's excruciatingly painful.
0: That was the day, Amy says, that Daisy lost both her grandmother and her
3: childhood. There was no more shielding that could be done. There, there was no more anything. It was at that moment she went from a 12-year-old to a complete and total adult. And again, to, to watch the innocence rip out of her is probably one of the worst things I've ever had to do. Was to take it away by telling her the truth.
0: In the days following Harvey's murder, I get the sense that Amy went into survival mode. She was supporting her husband and daughter as they grieved, helping to plan a funeral and speaking with investigators. But since babies come when babies wanna come and not when it's convenient for
3: anyone else, Amy went into labor the day before Harvey's funeral. And the main question we asked when him and I got to the hospital was, will I still make it to the funeral tomorrow? I have to be there. Um, after being assured I was, I said, okay, let's move along. Because, I mean, that's, that's how your mindset works in something like that was, you know, you have to be at the funeral. It, it, it's something you that wasn't an option to not be at. Um, to be there for both of them and the rest of her family that did come up from Texas. She had a large family, very large, um, and they all were here. And to not be able to answer any questions for anybody or for yourself. For anyone in the town, for the rest of the family, it, it's just, it's painful.
0: You guys were going through so many family changes right at that time. Did, did his arrival, did his birth help you guys kind of refocus?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess in some ways, yes, it did um, because we had to, <laughs> you have a newborn, new, newborn son, you had to focus some attention to that. Um, but you know, in the other, it helped us or it helped, or I mourned more as much in just from heartache of him not being able to have that other person in his life. So it was both, both I would say it was, it was no better or worse. I, I don't believe because it, while it was, a focus drain one way it it brought agonization agony the other side of the uh, other side of the coin
0: adding to the agony were all the unknowns no one seemed to have answers about who would do this to harvey or why and that led to a lot of gossip the family shuttered themselves to try to shield their kids especially daisy
1: it was bad enough in trying to protect her and shield her with just the Rumor mills of everything that had happened that she had to hear in high school or in, in middle school um, that she couldn't get away from. And so every night it was, we had to talk about those type of things. So, What was said that day and how it felt and how we could get past it together and where we were. And, you know, we tried to be as honest with her on the items that we did or didn't know and how we were processing them for ourselves.
2: It's yeah. not fair when you have to sit there and listen to other people talk about your family and things like that and go to school every day and not only do you have to go to the place where it happened you have to go to school in this small town where everybody knows and everybody knows who you are and everybody makes assumptions as to what happened why it happened and they come to you with those and so you really have to learn to just take it and let it roll off your back a lot because People are really mean,
0: right? I mean, so these were. What your dinner conversations became at night when she got home
3: from school,
1: basically. For years.
3: And still at times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's our life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. After Harvey's murder, the Gruberts took over Atlanta Car Company and ran the business themselves. Jay says they never saw it as a way to make money. Rather, the goal was bigger than that. Maybe just maybe it would help investigators get some answers
1: we left the lot open really for her memory and the theory behind it all always was as long as it's open people are driving by it and they'll say that that's that place and it, it, at least her name would hopefully still be out there in somebody's mind and there would be some conversation about it it wasn't a, it wasn't a never a Business that any of us wanted to be in, so it stayed open only for that particular purpose, and that was for in her memory and and really more to the memory of what happened there, and hopeful and hopefulness that something would come out of it.
0: But that took a toll on the family too, especially Daisy. The place where she used to love spending afternoons with her grandma when she got out of school
2: became a place she despised. So every day after school, I'd be up there and. I was so angry and I really kind of just hated having to be there and having to be in the world without her and it was to the point where it was eating at me and it was to the point where I was done and I wanted my grandma one way or another. And it's hard to talk about but that's the exact truth of I couldn't have her here. So I was getting her one way or another.
0: Then one afternoon, Amy had an idea. It involved Daisy, a baseball bat, and one of their junk cars at the
2: lot. She looked at me and she was like, come on. And I said, where are we going? And she brought a baseball bat and I took all my anger out on one of the junk cars that we just used for parts.
3: Up until that moment, she hadn't said the words of what happened. And I I needed her to say, my grandma was murdered. And she couldn't say it. And that was the only thing I knew of what to do, to just take her alone and, and, and let her just go nuts for a minute. And let every bit of anger out to where no one could see, it was just her and I, let it out. It was on something that didn't matter. It couldn't hurt anybody, so let's get it out, and I need you to say the words. And that was the very first day she said the words. My grandma was murdered. And then the bat got put on the ground, and her and I sat on the hood of the car, and I finally had her talking.
0: Finally, nearly two years after Grandma Nancy's murder, Dacey was ready to start therapy. It,
1: it was as much of us trying to struggle for ourselves and mourn for ourselves, but also be morally supportive for our daughter, for our newborn son. You know, um, and knowing that you could only do what you could do to help, and you could always just have the words of encouragement and and push and resolve to you know help them push through. But you know, it took a lot of. Family counseling and and other items in order for us to get through this together as a as a group. We had to I won't say be torn apart, but we had to get our own separation at times and come back together and as a stronger bond. But it took a lot.
2: Do you still feel angry? Just I do, but I've learned to not necessarily live with it, but how to control my anger about the situation. Um, I get, I still, I don't really like being home alone that much because seven years later and I'm, I'm 19 instead of 12 and it's still just a scary thought that when I was 12 I had to realize that I had asked my mom, can I go there today? And the only reason I didn't go there the night before with her is because my mom didn't feel good. And I understood that because, like my father said, she had a high-risk pregnancy, so there was days she didn't feel good at all. And so we went home, and that's the only reason I wasn't there. And so I still have anxiety with the whole situation and everything, and so I still have to work through all of that, but it's definitely a lot better than it was.
0: Around the four-year anniversary of the murder, the family reached what they describe as a turning point. They agreed that keeping the lot open wasn't helping get the answers they wanted, and it was in fact causing a lot more pain for them than good. So in 2018, they closed Atlanta Car Company and liquidated the business. All these years later, I mean, are you, are you, I guess, surprised that that we still don't have the answers that I know you guys need?
1: Disappointed, but, um, you know, I would say that I, I won't say I'm immune, but I've come to grips, you know, roughly it took about four years after the event of most of that hope starting to wane, just unfortunately, because while the sheriff's department has constantly said that they do believe that it's an active case and they have not stopped working on it, you know, after after four years of hope, it starts to wane to the point to where it's hard to just keep keep asking and, and holding on to that too much and I would say that that's when it was kind of a realization for me probably that fourth anniversary
0: in a lot of ways closing that chapter of their lives gave them permission to move beyond this tragedy together allowing themselves to find a bit of peace but never giving up on justice hoping one day they'll get answers for themselves and for Nancy's grandson she never got the chance to meet
2: she would have kept us all laughing and saying, just focus on the good. That was always her thing, focus on the good. And so that's how I try to live my life is focusing on all the good things that happen and realizing that it is a senseless thing, but you can't necessarily focus on all of that. You have to remember the times that you did share of the cartwheels, us, our Mexican dates that we'd have like once a week and things like that. And so I guess to anyone that out there that's watching, you just If you know anything, the current administration is very, very willing to listen and wants to have people call and try and help. And not even as much for me to have the answers, but for when that day comes that my brother does say, what happened to her? We will have to tell him what happened, but hopefully by then we can be able to say, we got the bad guys that did this.
0: We're hoping you can help investigators. If you have any information, even the smallest detail can help. Call this number, 336-242-2105. Your clue could help solve this crime. To learn more about this case and review key evidence, including surveillance video, check out our website, myfox8.com. And if you like this podcast, please give it a five-star rating, comment on it, and share it with a friend. The more people who hear it, the more likely it is this murder will get solved. Who Killed Grandma Nancy? It's a FOX 8 WGHP production written and produced by me, Katie Nordine. Our editor and co-producer is Chris Weaver and Kevin Daniels is our executive producer.